right, all right, all right. Welcome everyone to the 6 a.m. Run podcast. I am your host. I am also the CEO founder of 6amrun.com, as you guys know. Uh, obviously, continue. I probably you guys are sick of my starting of these podcasts, but you know, with a little gratitude, I know our our shows are growing. I looked at this morning's episode just to give you guys some context when we record today. We did Stephanie Laris's episode, a very amazing person who lost over 200 pounds. And you guys are downloading that right now. I think as we talk right now, and it's still early in the day still, and that one had a few hundred downloads already. So thank you guys so much. I want to get right into my next guest. This is a, a story that, you know, I really want you guys all to hear. And just in our pre-call, it really kind of brought a lot of perspective to me. Sometimes we all think, you know, our problems are the most, our problems are maybe very, 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 and, and I'm not saying any, anyone's problems are not, but I think sometimes you have to kind of hear from other people what they're going through and what they've overcome because it really can inspire you. And I think we're all going to be inspired by this next story. And that's why I'm, I'm very excited to have Hera Allison. Hera, how are you? And can you please introduce yourself and why I asked you to be on the show uh, to our audience, uh, 6 a.m. runners? Sure. Uh, my name's Hera Allison, and I'm a graphic designer of 30 years, a photographer, and I also have a podcast called See Beneath Your Beautiful. Well, a couple years ago, I had always loved photography. I was my main passion and I let it go after college because I thought I wasn't smart enough to learn lighting. Anyway, a couple years ago, I went to a conference and they were talking about dreamers and it occurred to me that my passion isn't graphic design, which I had been doing for 30 years. Mm -hmm. It's helping people, women in particular, love themselves because mm -hmm. I had finally learned to love myself after a lifetime of self-abuse and, you know, abuse from others as well. Anyway, so photography was the way I found to show people their, how beautiful they are. And right. then that's what led to the podcast because I found that People were talking to me about their hardships and adversity, and it was healing having the discussions. And so wow. I have a podcast where people I see beneath their beautiful that I just, you know, I think everybody has a beautiful story and yeah. learn to overcome. Like I just interviewed somebody who ha is a quadriplegic and has never walked a free step in his life. He's 38 years old. Wow. And so when you're talking about, you know, we all think we have something to overcome, you just... Yeah. You know, everybody's stories are, everybody has something that they're dealing with. Everyone goes through, every single person goes through adversity, right? Like, yes. I don't think, I think life is just full of adversity. I think that it's also a matter of, you know, it, you're going to get knocked down. You might even get knocked out. I mean, obviously somebody, some people get hit harder by life than others. You have that story and it does start at a young age you know, you kind of shared with me and opened up and, and I, I don't want to ask anything that that's off top. I'm happy to share. Yeah. It seems like it starts a little bit earlier with abuse. And I, again, I'm, I'm so sorry that you had to go through that, but if you can help someone else get through it, what you're doing now, kudos to you and what you're doing is amazing. And I thank you for that. I have two daughters, you know what I mean? So I have a wife. So, and especially for women, I think women need strong leaders in the world, you know, now more than ever, but go ahead. And if you want to kind of start your story, where it begins sure. and what got you to the point you're at today, please. Sure. Well, I'm the youngest of six kids. And so, and the, the difference in age is only nine years. So we were a lot of kids 
in a small house with a single mother. And it was a lot of chaos. And at five and at seven, I was sexually abused. And because of the just the sheer... I think my mother was overwhelmed with all the kids. And so Mm -hmm. she didn't do anything about it. And that kind of told me without words that I was unimportant. Oh my God. And I believed it for most of my life. And also was ashamed that at the seven-year-old instance, a boy was touching me and I didn't jump right up. I didn't stop it right away. And so somehow I thought it was my fault. And it wasn't Mm -hmm. until a couple of years ago, (laughs) I'm 54. And so in my 50s, that I was finally told it wasn't my fault. And so I finally believe it. So it's just a lifetime of that. And I've just recently discovered that one in four women are sexually abused. Wow. That's yeah. that's twenty that's twenty-five percent. That's insane. It's really it's sad. What's sad about it though is that we believe that we're not worthy, that we are our bodies. Mm-hmm. And so my mission <laughs> is to love me despite mm-hmm. what I look like. I know that there's room for improvement. I know that I can lose weight and I know that I should exercise more. And so this is interesting to be on your podcast where I'm sure most of your listeners are avid runners or you know care very much about exercise. Mm-hmm. But to be kind to myself and love myself when I'm all in on something or all out on something is right. taking a lifetime, really. Wow. And talk about weight. I'm seeing everything. Talk about to you know, being happy with where you are. I think, you know, women have, you know, you talk about bodies, right? I think for men, it's just, it, not that it's easier, don't get me wrong, but, you know, obviously women have children, women's bodies, they, you know, they develop, right? Like, I don't think, call me crazy, I don't think a man's body goes through definitely what a woman's body mm-hmm. goes through. I, I mean, mm-hmm. we just, we had, um, I want to, I want to pull this up. We had, uh, Oh, and why I mispronounced your name, I, I, Hera's last name is Allison. Right before you, we had Allison Blada, oh. Blada on, and she talked about menstrual cycles and mm. things like that. And I know we were talking, like my wife, during that week, it's all chocolates, doesn't want to work <laughs> out, right? So women go through, I feel like, so much more that are hurdles in their body journey or fitness mm-hmm. journey. Mm-hmm. Can you share... You, you talked about diets you went through and then finally just realizing, all right, like I'm just going to not stress about it, right? You know, my I've been married before. I'm in my second marriage, which is very happy. But my first marriage, my husband was very, I guess, verbally abusive about my weight. I gained weight and, you know, I had two babies with him and I was heavier, much heavier than when we first got married. And after him two boyfriends broke up with me because of my weight, or at least that's what they said. And so, you know, we are told that we are more than our bodies, but society doesn't really agree with that. You know, like I can tell I am more than my body. I am funny and smart and all those things, but the world at large is saying, what do you look like? That's crazy. And so it's just really interesting to finally get there to love me And one of the ways I did it actually was I heard my daughter, I have a 26 and 22 year old daughter. And when the older one was about 18, I heard her say something that she hated her body. And I just thought, well, well, you're beautiful. Like there's nothing not Mm -hmm. to love about you. She's creative and smart and talented. But what I realized was she was repeating me 
she just sounded like me. And to show my children that they're worth more than their body, I had to love my body exactly where I was. Yeah. And and I just had to do it. I had to show them. I couldn't just tell them that they're worth more. And so that was, I was really sad she said it, but really great that I heard it. Yeah. And is this journey you're on, do you think it's also, you said two daughters as well? I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Yes, two daughters. So this journey you're on and similar to me, right? Like it's about them, right? Because you can't, I guess as parents, we sometimes don't want our kids to, sometimes we do want them to follow in our footsteps a little bit, but sometimes obviously the mistakes we made or the thoughts we have that are bad, that we know are bad, we definitely don't want them going in that direction, I'm sure. So is that kind of motivation for what you do today? A hundred percent. And also, I was talking to my daughter yesterday about she was sexually abused, and it's hard for a mother to hear, you know, that she was... Mm -hmm. Anyway, it's just a... It's just hard to be a woman or a man, I don't know, but it's hard to be a woman Mm -hmm. in today's world where, you know, you have Instagram body, Instagram worthy bodies that you're trying to live up Mm. to. But what is great though, is my daughter follows uh, one person in particular, I think her name is Dana Mercer, and she shows Mm -hmm. how beautiful she looks on Instagram, but then shows that if she sits a certain way, she's got flab and cellulite and she's saying it's Mm -hmm. not real, it's not real. So I just really appreciate that there are Instagram feeds that you can follow, even body positivity. And I, I think it's really important to say that I love me in this body, but I know there's room for improvement. I want to be healthy. I want to be the best I can be. It's not that I'm... I think to be body positive isn't necessarily to be okay just right where you're at. It's to love yourself mm-hmm. where you're at, but also know that there's room for improvement. A hundred percent. I love that. Now, you know, and and it's funny, you know, you mentioned, I think that's where we need to let kids also know and be you know, empowered to know that like, if something feels wrong or they don't want to be in a certain situation to, you know, I think to, when I look back on college, when I look back on being younger, I think you sometimes, you know, you just think you have to do certain things or Mm -hmm. you have to move, you know, at 16, you have to have done certain things, but you know, like I think society and your friends will tell you what you have to have done by a certain age. And when in reality, as we get older, right, it's everyone, everyone moves at their own pace and nobody cares. But I think when you're a young person, you're just used to kind of like trying to keep up, I guess. And sometimes people are slower to get to the party, so to say, right? Well, and I can tell you that there's women my age who are still trying to keep up. I think it just, you just get there or you don't. I think though, it's really important to, well, just, I mean, wow, all the, even my daughter's talking about like doing her lips or whatever. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, like, I just think God didn't make any mistake on me. That's what I think. (laughs) No, that's, and you you need to have, but listen, real quick, I don't mean to interrupt you, No, but I love, and I think you're getting there. Like there's a difference between cocky and confidence, but you need confidence. Yes. You need to walk in a room and be confident. Whether you walk in a room as a janitor, walking in a room full of CEOs, you need to have confidence that you are not behind, so to say, any of them. They might have more professional accolades, but that doesn't mean they're better people, if that makes sense. Yes. And I think, you know, if you talk to, for instance, a supermodel and they'll say, oh, but you know, I don't like this about me or don't like that about me. Everybody has their worries. There's nobody walking into a room. I think even the most confident person has their worries. So I think we're comparing mm-hmm. when we shouldn't be, you know, like one time, okay, this is, inst- I've never mentioned this before, but 
I was driving home with this lady I play tennis with from a trip out of town. And I had always been so jealous of her because she was very well off. You know, I'm I'm self-employed and (laughs) struggling for 30 years. And, you know, just, I was always so jealous of her. She's beautiful. But then the drive home, I got to hear her story and she has her own struggles and I wouldn't trade my life for hers for one second. And so I just think that's really important to remember that the, what you're desiring in somebody else just would just be trading whatever their struggles are instead of your own. No, I mean, that's a, I mean, that's a hundred percent true. I think with anything, right. The grass is always greener on the other side, but you don't know, you don't know what people are going through, but I think that social media doesn't help obviously because on social media, it's very rare that you want to post, you know, when you look, we all have problems, but we also, so here's the thing about social media. I don't think people on purpose post only good things. It's not to sometimes brag. I, I know a lot of people that are not braggers, but I'm not going to post problems on social media right. because also same thing. You know, I remember when social media started and I was still kind of like mid twenties, the people that were posting about their breakups or so-and-so is a cheater. I just dumped them. Like those posts too. I remember on <laughs> Facebook, I was like, look, man, I don't, I don't need to know your drama. You know what I mean? Yeah. But so, you know, obviously as you get older, you're like, all right, look, I'm not going to post my personal drama. (laughs) I get that. So I don't think people on purpose post just the good stuff, but that's what you're going to do. You're not what happens inside your home. You know, you're not going to post the bad stuff sometimes. I call it the highlight reel. Like when I do a really great shot in tennis, I put it on the highlight reel in my head. (laughs) Right, right, right. And I don't remember all the sucky shots I had. (laughs) And so that's what Facebook kind of is. You know, it's like just all the highlight Mm -hmm. reel. (laughs) Yeah. No, absolutely. So, you know, kind of where we are today, I think. So you go through, you go through both, you know, things you're dealing with personally, professionally, your kids, all of them. So now you get to a point, was there like a aha moment? Like F this, F everyone. Like, it seems like what you decided to do, but you say this, please. I don't want to put the words mm-hmm. in your mouth, but it seems like you just got to a point and I curse a little bit. That's okay. It seemed like you got to a point. You're like, fuck it. Like, yeah. Well, about 10 years ago, I think it all kind of started with a counselor. I had, um, this is the stupidest story, but I had lent a boy I was, a man I was seeing, sorry, um, well, <laughs> that's debatable. Anyway, a guy I was seeing, all my money, all my savings, mm-hmm. and he didn't pay me back, $10,000. And every day for a year, I woke up, you know, motherfucker, <laughs> if you're cussing, I'm right. cussing. I was so angry. And finally, I went to see a counselor or something about a therapist and I was, you know, righteously telling my story, how this guy's such a jerk. And she said, did he hold a gun to your head? And I was really taken aback and then had to take responsibility for giving this guy who, if, you know, all honesty, I knew better. And that moment of taking responsibility really led to life changes because then I could take responsibility for kind of all the decisions I've ever made that got me to where I am, all the, you know, whatever, whatever I have done and not be a victim. That's Mm -hmm. what changed for me. And then hearing my daughter say that, that was just right near that time. And the best thing about loving yourself is you start to love everybody else. Mm -hmm. When you judge yourself less, you judge others less. And that has just led to a beautiful life of 
seeing people and loving people for where they are and who they are and not wanting them to change. Wow. I do love that. Also too, let me ask you this. I think I want to ask you, and I I don't want to offend you, but I want to ask too, Mm -hmm. do you think sometimes as we get older too, we have to like, I think part of also culture, right? Is like, you have to have, and again, I know sometimes people also need to find their own identity first nowadays. Right. But like, do you think you are okay also too? I think I'm trying to, I don't, I definitely, please don't take this the wrong way too, but I want to ask, do you think too, we get, we get like, we get into this kind of like forced almost like we have to also be in relationships i think with me too don't get me wrong love my wife to death i will do everything to make that work she's the greatest thing i've ever had in my life and and i love her to death and i we we talk a lot about our relationship and making it better but what's crazy is now at 42 i don't i think that if i was ever single again i wouldn't be in a rush i don't need a relationship mm-hmm. does that make sense yes like i think Yes. When I was 21, it was like girlfriend, the girl, like it was like, I had to always have a girlfriend or be dating someone. And it was like, now I look back on it. If I went back in time, I'd be like, just why, why, why? Yeah. So I had a terrible first marriage and then 13 years of dating terrible people. <laughs> That's not really true, wow. but people that weren't right for me. Mm-hmm. And I gave myself a timeout after the last one and really, really, that that was about eight years ago. And that helped so much because I came to a point genuinely where I just wasn't going to be with somebody. I just wasn't meant to find the love of my life. I really genuinely got good with myself. And then, of course, I met the love of my life. And we've been happily married a while now, but we've been together almost eight years. Okay. And, you know, they always say, you have to be whole to be in a relationship. But really, I kind of think, what do you bring to it? Not just be mm-hmm. the other partner, but what? how do you add to it? How do you add to their life? And so, I don't know. I just think it's important to love yourself in a relationship, especially because how can they love you if you don't love you? Right. No, absolutely. And then again, now to where you are today, you know what makes you happy. You know what you want from a partner. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? In Mm -hmm. life. What is, as we kind of come to this fourth quarter, what is the future look? Obviously the podcast, you're really focused on helping people in your shoes. I think sometimes people need to hear that they're not the only one going through that. What maybe do we get to the, what made you say, okay, I figured out a formula. Let me kind of share this formula with other people. Well, that's what the podcast really is about is that I always ask, you know, what are you doing to get through it? What, you know, what obstacles have you faced and now how are you getting on? Because I'm constantly growing and in doing a coach or a therapist or something, trying to learn. I'm going to a retreat at the end of April about for children, for people who have been sexually abused before the age of 18. So it's just a constant, it's not fun, but everything I do is a little bit more freedom. And that's what I'm hoping. So when I first started the podcast, I didn't really know what I was doing. And I interviewed, I think the third person was this 19-year-old girl that I had photographed that suffers from schizophrenia. Wow. And I didn't use the episode or conversation because I realized she wasn't on the other side of adversity. She was still suffering. And suicidal, and I didn't know what to say. And so 
with the podcast after her, my goal is always somebody who is on the other side of their adversity and what they've done to overcome so that there's tools out there for people. You know, something like the one lady who said to me, did he hold a gun to your head? And I learned to take responsibility. That was a one sentence fix. And so I'm hoping Mm -hmm. with every podcast episode that somebody will hear exactly what they need to hear. Wow. Yeah. No, I love that. I love that. And then can we talk to people? Where can they find you? Do you also talk to people outside of the podcast if anyone wants to kind of share their thoughts? Oh, sure. Okay. And if you can kind of give us a little bit of feedback there. Yeah. I mean, I'm totally open to having conversations. I am not a coach. I don't know anything more than anybody else. I just... But sometimes people need an ear though. I think um, that people are willing... Yeah. I'm willing to have hard conversations and be a safe space for somebody to chat. So I'm totally open to that. My photography website is hara.photography, but my email is hara at hara.photography. And I'm happy to have a conversation and find me on Facebook. I'm totally open. I really love having the hard conversations. As a matter of fact, I've offered to photograph people who are dying or their loved one is dying. And so wow. while it's way out of my comfort zone, I know it's my purpose, you know, to That's to awesome. have the hard conversations, to to witness the hard things. That's amazing. So, I love that. so I'm amazed myself. Like how did I how'd I end up here? <laughs> yeah. No, and I love that. And we'll we'll put all that in the bio. And I think I, I saw in, on your bio, the, the website, we'll put that everything there. This was amazing. I think, you know, what I love about your story, again, is not giving up, not, I can't even describe it, but just not, you know, again, there's so many stories where I think people do just, they really do need someone there for them. And yeah. the fact that you're doing this is, is uh, you know, I told you in our pre-call, I love what you're doing. Don't stop. I think sometimes too, as podcasters, I'm not not anywhere near where you guys are, right? Myself, one day I'll get there. I know we're growing, but I think that, you know, it's cool because like now people are just listening to someone who shares their thoughts, their experiences. And if it resonates with you, awesome. And if it doesn't, you can kind of move on to the next. So I I appreciate what you're doing as a father of two daughters and everyone. So thank you so much. And I'll leave it up to you too. Any kind of last words, anything that maybe I I missed that you want to just kind of share with our audience? No, I really appreciate you having me on your show, especially since I'm not the normal guest, I would assume, although I have heard a bunch of, you know, episodes and I know there's no such thing as a normal guest, but I appreciate that somebody who's not a runner, you've asked somebody who's not a runner. And oh, I just, I wanted to say that my podcast is See Beneath Your Beautiful, if I didn't mention that, just because... Yep. It's the only thing that I do that doesn't generate money, but it's really where my heart is. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. No, that that's awesome. And and again, we, no, we were one thousand percent going to promote that. So I'm I'm excited to get that one in. So yeah, with that, guys, I'll, I'll make sure we kind of put that in. Everyone who's listening, thank you, Hera. Thank you so much for your time. And like I said, we'll put all that information in your bio and everything in there. And you know, if anyone has any questions too, maybe have you on a second time in a few months, but thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. Awesome. All right, guys, have a great day. And hopefully, you know, you are continue to get inspired by these episodes. And I, I obviously am, am thanking our community for continuing to help make these grow. So thank you guys so much. 